Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. Middle of this series that we've called Agree to Receive. And you know this by now, our word for 2024 is the word receive. And this series is based on that. We call it, we've, we're calling it Agree to Receive because uh, God has, has already provided things for us, right? Through the blood of Jesus and what Jesus did, there are things that we can receive from God. Uh, but we have to get in alignment or have to get in agreement with those things. And so that's where we've been talking about in this series. Our verse for this series and for our word this year is in 2 Peter 1.3. It says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. He's already given it to us. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. So we're talking about things that, that uh, not an exhaustive list, obviously, but things that uh, we need to come into agreement with, I believe, to receive in our lives. And so in week one, we talked about joy. Uh, we said we have to make a decision, we have to live to give, and we please God, not people. And that's how we can experience more of the joy of the Lord in our lives, is when we start taking steps in that direction. Last weekend, the message was titled, Called Out. We talked about receiving Jesus' call, if you remember, about denying ourselves and taking up our cross and following after him. And then today, I've titled the message, uh, if you're taking notes, you can write it down. The title today is, I Can See It. I Can See It. In fact, why don't you turn to your neighbor right now and tell him, say, I can see it. I can see it. I can see it. And I want to, um, I, I want to talk to you about vision today. Uh, I want to talk to you about seeing um, the way that God sees in some specific areas in our lives. And I don't know if you've ever, uh, anybody ever been to the eye doctor? You go to the eye doctor to have your eyes checked, and I don't do this often. I don't do it often enough. I couldn't tell you the last time I've been to the eye doctor, honestly. Uh, but when you go to the eye doctor, uh, what do you do? Come on, you, ever, you remember this. You sit in this big chair, right? You get in the room, you sit in this big chair, and they bring this, you know, and you're looking at these letters that are on the, the wall in front of you or right in front of your hand. Sometimes I do it a couple different ways. And then after they check that, they bring this... Uh, they bring this machine over in front of your face. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? It's the Foropter machine. Come on, I looked that up this week so that I could sound smart at church. Come on, yeah. It's the Foropter machine. And then the, uh, I actually have the spelling in my notes. <laughs> and, then, and then here's what happens. And then, and then the doctor, when they put this in front of your eyes, they put it on your eyes. And then what, what is, the, what is the, the, the question that's always asked? Better one or two. Better one or two. Click. Better one or two. Click. Better one or two. And you answer this question a few different times so that they can see how to adjust your vision. And here's what this machine is actually doing. Uh, it's determining exactly how a lens must be shaped and curved to correct your vision to a normal state. And as I was preparing this message, I felt like the Lord wanted some of us, if not all of us, to get in the chair today. And allow him to curve the lens and get the right thing in front of us so that we can actually see and have vision in some areas of our lives. And uh, here's a reminder, because you're going to know this verse, but a reminder of uh, Proverbs 29 and verse 18. It says this, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. Some translations, maybe you've heard it this way, where there is no revelation, 
people cast off restraint. Or maybe you're, you're a King James reader and it's where there is no vision, people perish. It's all communicating the same thing, that there's something so significant and important about your vision, about having vision in your life. Um, I, I truly believe that many Christians today are struggling, and if we could say it this way, running wild in areas of their lives because they don't have correct vision. And you find yourself in situations where you're like, I don't really know how I got here. It's because you didn't have vision. Well, I feel like I just kind of stumbled into this place. It's because you didn't have vision. You didn't have vision for your life. You didn't have vision in that area of your life. The, uh, the Hebrew word that's translated in, in the New Living is translated run wild or it's, you know, could be uh, people perish or people cast off restraint. Uh, it's, it's a word that, that can actually mean to let go. And as I was studying this, uh, it was interesting because it's the same kind of terminology we would use. Now go with me for just a minute. Don't nudge your neighbor. Don't do anything crazy. I know we've been fasting, and so, so you know, some of us have been losing weight and you know, things like that. But it's the same word that when we would look at somebody, and we would look at them and say, you know, in our minds we're thinking, wow, it looks like they've let themselves go. They've, they've, they've put on a little weight or they're not acting the same way. It seems like they've let themselves go. It's the, same, it's the same idea. That there might be some areas of our lives where we've let ourselves go because we didn't have vision. And so I want to talk to you about vision. Um, I think that sometimes our lives are struggling as a whole because we don't have vision. I think our families can be struggling sometimes because we don't have vision. I think our finances can be struggling sometimes because we don't have vision. And I think that part of, the, part of the struggle is that we have a tendency in our lives to be nearsighted. You know what I'm saying? This is the last time I was at the eye doctor, however long ago that's been. They told me that I was nearsighted. So I can see well up close, but when things get in the distance, they start to get a little blurry. And so they had to get these lenses or these different things like, hey, whenever you're, whenever you're trying to see something in the distance, you're probably going to need this. And when you put them on, it was amazing how much clearer things become. But it's because I'm nearsighted and, and I can't see. And some of you might be the opposite, but I think sometimes in our lives, we have a tendency to be nearsighted. We're, we've only been focused on what's right in front of us. We make decisions based on what's right here because we can't see beyond it. We, we, make, we make decisions with our finances, we make decisions with our family, we make decisions in our marriage, we make decisions in our life, we make decisions with our career, we make decisions in our lives based on what we can see right now instead of being able to see far because we have vision. And I want you to have vision for your life. I think sometimes the struggle is we want the immediate results, we want immediate gratification. We want immediate responses. Come on, you ever texted somebody and you were like, why are you not texting me back? My, my kids, they, they have this term, and I, we didn't, you know, I'd never heard this term before. They were like, you left me on red. Anybody ever heard that? You got those red receipts on your phone, you know, and, and they're like, you left me on red. Like, it shows that you read it three hours ago, you know. And you start getting frustrated about it. We... We want immediate gratification, immediate responses. We base decisions solely on what's right in front of us, and God wants to help us have vision to be able to see far. And maybe, maybe 2024 is the year for you to sit down in the chair with God and say, I need you to correct my vision. 
I want to see far in 2024. I don't want to just see what's right in front of me. I want to be able to see beyond what's in front of me so that I can continue to persevere so that I can get through this, so that I can know that you're with me as we're going through this because I'm not just focused on what's right in front of me and the circumstance and the difficult and the hard. Come on, some of us had to do this during 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm focused on what's right in front of me and I've got to see the finish line and I've got to see ultimately what God is doing in my life and not focus on what's right here. I've got to have vision. I've got to have vision. And I really do feel like I'm kind of on an assignment today to help us receive some vision for our lives in 2024. And so I just want to speak to, for the next few minutes, just three areas today, not an exhaustive list, but three kind of broad areas, really, uh, to help us try to receive God's vision so that we can see far. And, uh, and I have to prepare you today. Today is um, today's one of those get up in your business kind of messages as I was preparing it. And so uh, this is what the Lord told me to say. So if you don't like it, then you can take it up with him. Come on. And somebody said... Amen. <laughs> put it all put it all on the Lord. All right, so here's the here's the first area that I think we need vision. And it seems kind of broad, but I want to talk about it for a minute. I think I need vision for my life. I need vision for my life. You ever been going through life without vision? And you're just going through the motions and you're just doing your own thing and you don't even know how you end up where you like Two years later, you're where you are, and you're like, I don't even really know how I got here. You ever been driving somewhere, and you arrived, but you don't remember how you got there? And you start thinking, like, did I stop at that stop sign back there? <laughs> did I, you, like, you're driving from work to home, and, and you arrive at home, and you're like, that's kind of scary. Because I don't even remember a lot of the, you know, you were thinking, or you were whatever, and you knew, it's like subconsciously, your brain knew how to get you home, but you're like, I don't know. Like, thank you, Jesus, for keeping me safe because I don't remember how I got here. I think sometimes we're living life without vision. We're not really sure where we're going to end up. We're not really sure what's next. We're just going through the motions, just doing life our way. And our lives uh, will look like we have let go if we don't have vision. And people will look at your life, and you'll look at your own life, and it'll be like, you'll, you'll even be talking to yourself, and you're like, wow, self You've let yourself go. Like, I haven't had any vision for my life. And why do we, why do we need vision for our life? Why do you need vision for your life? Um, just a few things that I wrote down. Vision inspires action. Vision causes us to do something. If you don't have vision, then, then you don't have a reason in your mind to do anything. Vision leads to plans or planning, right? Our life has direction. We're moving in a direction because of the vision we have for our life. Vision leads to goal. Vision helps us evaluate our lives. How do you evaluate where your life is at if you don't know where your life is going? If you don't know the vision for your life, how do you ever sit down and evaluate? I had one pastor that I, I listened to regularly, and he was saying that uh, at the end of every year, he sits down and evaluates every area of his life. You can't do that if you don't know what you wanted your life to look like at the end of the year. You had to have vision, and how did I do? You can't say, how did I do, if you didn't have any direction for your life. Vision, it provides focus. Vision produces discipline. We discipline ourselves to accomplish a vision. Vision gives life purpose, right? I'm not just going through the motions, but I'm being intentional. When you have vision, it will determine the decisions that you make. Because if this is where I want my life to be in five years, 
I've got to make decisions every day that are leading me to where I want to be in five years. And many of us aren't focused on the decisions we're making because we don't really care, number one, or we have never really thought about the importance of, where am I going to be in five years? 20 years from now, when I get married, when we have kids. Like, what is that even, what is that even going to look like? A lot of times, we face difficult things in life, and we collapse, and we give up, and we let go because we have no vision. I love what the writer of Hebrews says about Jesus. This is in Hebrews chapter 12. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by a, a, such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, regarding, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Let me ask you this question. How was Jesus able to endure the cross and the beating and the ridicule? Because he had vision. The writer of Hebrews says, because of the joy awaiting, like, he could see it. He could see what was coming. He could see what his assignment was. He could see what he had been sent here to do. He had vision. And because he had vision, he could endure things that were right in front of him because he wasn't just focused on what was right in front of him. He was saw beyond it. How was, how was Jesus, you know, not, not getting distracted by the crowds or the people who hated him? It's because he had vision. He knew what his life was all about. He knew what his purpose was. Why was Jesus able to continue to teach and preach and do all these things even though certain people rejected him? Come on, it's because he had vision. He was focused on what he was sent here to do. He knew what he was here to do. He knew what the vision was. And can I ask you this question and just get you to think about it for a moment? Just simple question. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why? Why are you doing? Think about your life. Why? The decisions that you're making, the decisions that you've made in the last week, why are you doing what you're doing? Is it because you're just going through the motions, you're just taking life as it comes at you? Or is it because you have a vision for your life? And I do what I do because I'm, I'm working toward the vision that I believe God has given me for my life. And that's determining the decisions I make. What direction is your life moving in? And are you going through the motions or do you have vision? Come on, why do, why do I spend time with God every day? It's because I have a vision for my life for how close I want to be to him and I want to hear his voice. And because of that vision, I know I've got to spend time with him to accomplish that vision. It's all about vision. Some of, us, some of us struggle to spend time with the Lord because we don't have the vision for it. We can't, we can't see what's going to happen on the other side. We can't see. We don't, we don't, we, it's, it's difficult for us to see on the other side the intimacy with God and the understanding of his word and all of these things. Why do I, why do I get to bed early? Come on, if, you, if you're somebody who gets to bed, why, why do you get to bed early? It's because I have a vision for tomorrow. I have a vision of not being tired. I have a vision of being able to accomplish everything that God wants me to do. I have a vision that, that, that tomorrow is going to be the best day of my life. And in order for me to not feel drowsy and all, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a decision now that leads me into the vision that I have for my life tomorrow. It's about vision. Why do I not spend four hours a day watching TV? It's because I have a vision for having a great family life. And that time belongs to them when I'm home from work. It's about vision. Vision determines the things that you make decisions on. Are we or are we not going to do this? It's because you have, are we or are we not going to go to church? Well, what's your vision? 
what your, where you want your family to be in five years. Let that determine whether or not you and your family are going to go to church. You know what I'm saying? You got you to be able to see it. You got to see it. And too often, all we see is what's right here. All we see is tired. All we see is worn out. Always, but Jesus was able to endure everything that he went through because he had vision. He had vision. I, let me remind you what Paul said. This is Philippians chapter 3. He says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Now, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Do you see the vision? One thing, one thing that I do, and this is how I do it, and I press on because I'm trying to get what God has already prepared for me. I've got vision for it. I can see it. Paul was able to continue to press on because he had vision. He knew what God had called him to do. And if you don't know where you're going, how are you going to know if you're on the right path? And how are you going to know when you get there? We can't just float through life. We need vision for our lives. And maybe we need to be asking ourselves some questions like, where is God taking me? Well, how do I get vision for my life? Well, where is God taking you? What has God gifted you to do? Where do you feel like God is, is leading you? See, God doesn't desire for us to be nearsighted with our lives. He wants us to be farsighted, seeing what's ahead, seeing his plan for our life, seeing where he's taking us, seeing the end goal. And listen, without vision for your life, you'll let your life go. And sometimes you won't even realize it until you're five years, 10 years, 15 years down the road. And it's like, I've let myself go. I didn't want to end up here. Well, you don't have to if you get a vision for your life. If you'll allow God to give you a vision for your life, we all need vision for our lives. Here's, here's the second thing. So we need vision for our life. I think I need vision for my family. I need vision for my family. Do you have a vision for your marriage? Do you have a vision for your parenting? Do you have a vision for your kids? Do you have a vision for your family? And I think a lot of times, listen, when we face difficulties in our marriage or with our kids, we give up and we throw in the towel because we didn't have a vision. Come on, anybody have, like, you, maybe your kids are grown, maybe your kids are still at home, whatever that situation is, and your kids were just acting crazy. But you had a vision. And you knew what God had in store for your kid. You knew what God had in store for your marriage. You knew what God had in store for your family as you were moving forward. And so it, it kept you on the right path. It helped you make decisions. It kept you with hope in your heart. Listen, good intentions won't help you, won't, won't help you keep going when your marriage is not seeing eye to eye. Vision will. Good intentions won't get it done. Vision will. I can see our marriage in 20 years, so I don't quit. Because I can see where God wants us. I can see what it can be if we stay at it. I can see where this is going. Good intentions won't help you continue to pray for your kids when they're living rebelliously. Vision will. Vision will. When you can see your kids at 35 serving God and loving him with all their heart, that'll keep you going. That'll keep you going. But you've got to see it. You've got to see it. You can't see just what's right here. 
You've got to see 20 years down the road and say, no, I'm not stopping in the face of this because I see where God's taking our family and I will not give up and I'm going to keep praying for my kids because I got vision. I don't have good intentions. I have vision. I don't have good intentions for my marriage. I've got vision. I don't have good intentions for my family. Well, hopefully it turns out, no, I've got vision for my family and because I have vision for where I want my family to be in 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, that's determining the decisions I'm making right now because I've got vision how can you keep going when you're experiencing all this because I have vision we've got vision come on it's vision that'll keep you going why do why do I plan date nights with my spouse because I have vision for my marriage and if I don't have vision I'll let it go I have I have vision that we're going to stay united as one. Matthew 19, 6, where Jesus said, Since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. I've got vision, and because I've got vision, I'm making a plan. And because I'm making a plan, I'm going to see my vision come to pass. I've got vision for my marriage. I've got vision for my kids, for my life. Why do I have you know, time with my kids? Because I have vision for that relationship. Why do we skip kids sporting events on Sundays because I got vision for my family this is that part where you can look to the Lord it's because I got vision for my family and I want them to grow up knowing God's first God's first now listen I'm not telling you don't do anything with your kids and if you miss church like shame on you that's not what this is all about if you hear that you've missed the entire point but I've got a vision I've got a vision for where God's taking our family, and it determines the decisions that we make for our marriage, for our kids. I'm setting an example. I'm putting Proverbs 22, 6 into practice. It says, direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. If you don't have vision for your marriage, if you don't have vision for your kids or your family, you'll let it go. You'll let yourself go in that area of your life when we're not intentional in those areas. Why do we do family devotions together? Because I got a vision. I've got a vision of my family knowing the word. I've got a vision of my family spending time in the presence of God. I got vision. I'm not just living for what's right in front of me. No, I've got a vision. And it determines what I do. And God doesn't desire for us to be nearsighted, come on with our families, but to be able to see ahead, to have a vision seeing where he's taking us, seeing the end goal. We need vision for our family. And then here's the last one. Vision for my life, vision for my family. Here's the last one, vision for my finances. Vision for my finances. Do you have a vision for your stuff? Do you have a vision for your finances? Do you, do you have a plan for how much you will give? Do you have a plan for how much you will save? Do you have a plan for how much you will spend? Or have you let yourself go? Because where there is no vision, people run wild when you don't have a vision. As I was thinking about this and even just reflecting on our own lives, if you don't have a vision for this area of your life, you'll be wondering where it all went. Where'd it go? Where did, you didn't have a vision. If you don't have a vision in this area of your life, you'll be wondering why 
having it, having money, isn't satisfying you like you thought it would. It's because there's no vision. And I, I believe this is an essential question that we need to ask ourselves every time we receive from the Lord. And it's this question right here. What does God want me to do with what he has given me? What does God want me to do with what he has given me? Well, pastor, you don't understand. I worked for that and I worked hard for that. I, yeah, but the Bible also teaches that it's God who has given you the ability to make wealth and have the job and do the thing. So it all comes back to God anyway. Every bit of it comes back to God. So what if we began to ask ourselves every, every time, let's just make it practical. Can we just make it practical? Every time I get paid, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What is it that, what is it that you've, you've put this burden in my heart? And I believe it's a vision. It's a dream. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make decisions financially to be able to fulfill what God's put in my heart. I've got vision. One uh, big idea when we think about finances is our giving. And uh, I, wanna, I just want to talk about a couple of statements around giving, if we can. And this is kind of how we'll uh, start to wind down here in just a few minutes. But a couple of statements that I want to uh, I wanna talk about for just a few minutes. Here's the first one. I don't have enough to give. I don't have enough to give. Okay? Everybody relax. Everybody just whew, take a breath. You ever, you ever felt like you just didn't have enough to give? I have. Can, can we be honest? You just feel like, Pastor, I would love to. I just don't have enough to give. I want to read you. This is 2 Corinthians 9. I love 2 Corinthians 9, and I would encourage you to go read 2 Corinthians 9. This is verse 8. It says, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always, look at this phrasing, then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. This is the God that we serve. This is the God that we serve. This is the God that we serve. And the enemy would love nothing more than for you and I to have this mentality that I don't have enough to give. No, God gives you everything that you need and he says that you'll have everything you need and you'll have plenty to be able to share with other people around you. You'll have more than enough. When God is your God and money is not your God, he makes sure that everything you need is taken care of and that you have plenty to be able to be generous. Now, can I get in your business for just a minute? Okay, because I just want to make it even a little bit more practical okay i think this is what i feel like the lord i'm not saying every time but this is what the lord showed me this last week when i was writing this message this is what the lord showed me and he spoke it i mean he spoke it just like this i was telling my wife i said i felt so convicted he spoke it just like this he said when you say i don't have enough to give what you really mean is i didn't plan to When you say, I don't have enough to do that, what you really mean is you didn't plan to. Because you planned to have Netflix. So you had enough. 
and you planned to have TV. So you had enough. And you planned... And you planned to have that vehicle, so you have enough. And the Holy Spirit said, when you say that you don't have enough, what you really mean is you didn't plan to. You didn't plan in advance to have enough for that. Because you, listen, because you didn't have vision for that. You didn't have vision for that. So it didn't deter, it didn't, it didn't make your decision any different. Because you didn't have vision for it. If you feel like, or if you know what you have and you plan to be generous, you plan to give, you plan to honor God, then you also plan to live with God's blessing on what remains. It's about vision. Here's the second, uh, the second statement. So the first one was, I don't have enough to give. Here's the second one. I give when I feel led. I give when I feel led. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly, that's a word for somebody, or in response to pressure, that's why we try not to pressure you. That's why I told you last week, you come today because it's Give Big Weekend and you don't want to participate, that's between you and God. I have nothing to do with that. That's between you and the Lord. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Well, Pastor Gabe, doesn't that verse that you read just tell me that I get to decide how I feel led to give? And I would tell you, yes, and there's more. Yes, it does, but it doesn't stop there. Now, this verse is important for you to know. This verse is talking about where Paul is coming to take a specific offering for a group of people. And they had said, this is what we're going to do. And Paul says, why have you not done what you said you were going to do? And he says, this is, how, this is how you should give. This is how you should, you should do it in your heart. I believe that giving as you feel led is important, but I want to challenge this thought for just a moment, okay? Just want to challenge it for just a moment. I think, it's, I think it's important, and we do that too, but I want to challenge it. When do you feel led? Is it when you have enough, or when you think you have enough, so you feel led? Is it when something moves you emotionally, and you see a commercial on TV, or there's something, you know, like you're passionate about something and you get emotional about it and you're like, man, I want to, that's exactly what, that's exactly what I want to do. Is it, is it when you know, when do you feel that, is it when you know that everything in your life is already covered and so now I feel comfortable doing that? Is that when you feel led? See, I just want to challenge our thinking for a minute because giving, giving when you feel led is a real thing. It's an important thing. But I think there's more than that. Now, if, if you look at the word decide, so in this translation it says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. This is verse 7. It's a word that actually means to purpose. To purpose. So here's, here's what I believe this is saying. I have purposed in my heart to do this. 
this has a purpose. I didn't just off the top of my head decide because I could afford this. No, I pre-decided it has a purpose. I have purposed in my heart that this is what I'm going to do. I heard, uh, I heard one pastor make this statement one time that we have confused what generosity is in our minds. And he said this. He said, we think that being generous means giving when something pulls at our heart. But greater generosity is actually planned generosity. It's actually that I have budgeted to be generous. I have said, this is what our church does. Is there is a percentage every single year, and it always gets higher, but there's a baseline. That every single year, we will be generous with at least this much. It has been pre-decided, it is planned for it's planned for this is what we do and i think this is what god desires for his people i think one of the best decisions that we can ever make just getting practical is to not just be listen to me to not just be a spontaneous giver but to be a consistent, or I would put this term on it, to be a percentage giver. To not just be a spontaneous giver, nothing wrong with that, but to purpose in your heart to be a percentage giver. I've pre-decided that I'm going to honor God with this percentage of my income every month. Why have I done it? It's because I have vision. It's because I know what happens in my life and how God honors that. And so I have pre-decided to honor God. And when I honor God, in return, God honors my honoring Him. And I don't have to worry about anything. Because God owns it all anyway. And as Paul said, and my God will supply all your needs according to not everything you can do. What does the verse say? According to His riches according to his riches i think i think the struggle with vision in this area when we don't when we don't have vision in this area of our life we don't we don't see it as honoring god we see it as what we're losing or what we're having to get up it give up it was the same thing with fasting the tension is always do we see it as I'm having to give up technology. I'm having to give up certain foods. I'm having to give up certain things. Or, do, or can you see? Can you see that, no, this is me honoring God. This is me putting God first at the first of the year. This is me drawing closer to the Lord, and it's an investment. It's an investment. It's, it's something that I'm honoring God with. Here's why I believe that, that planned giving is always better than spontaneous giving. It's because there have been times in my life, listen to me, there have been times in my life where I have wanted to, but I couldn't. That God, there have been times in my life where the Holy Spirit has said, don't you want to give to that? And my answer would be, I do. but I haven't planned for it. 
And because I haven't planned for it, I can't take advantage of the opportunity that God's put right in front of me because I didn't plan. I didn't pre-decide that I want to be able to be generous. I want to be able to be generous. Doug Reed, if you've been on a mission trip, I think he's told this story before, but he told a story of a when he was a youth pastor. Said he he walked in one week and he was talking about the mission trip and going on the mission trip and and uh, which we had a great turnout for the mission trip meeting last week and just praying and believing that God's going to speak to so many people to do that because it really does impact your life. But he he said that he was making a a push for this and uh and worship team you can come back and and help me and he said there was one one boy there that um you could tell he was struggling you could tell he was struggling and after the service was over he he walked outside to talk to him and he said hey you know and we'll call him john i don't remember what his name was but hey john are you gonna go on the mission trip this year He's like, oh man i want to i want to i just can't afford it i can't afford it and he said man is that your truck right there yeah, man, I just got that got a job finally and thought, man, I'm gonna get this get this truck. He said, How much how much you pay a month on that truck? He said, about eight hundred dollars. Pretty much pretty much takes everything that I everything that I make at the job that and he said, But you want to go on the mission trip? Yeah. But you can't go on the mission trip. And he said his countenance went down and he kind of ducked his head. He said, no, I can't go on the mission trip. Doug said, I looked at him and said, but you sure do have a nice truck. And I'm not saying it's a vehicle for you. I'm not saying anything like that. And listen, I want you to hear my heart today. I don't say any of this to make the offering bigger. Nobody in this room could give. God's going to take care of his church. I believe that with all my heart. But I also believe that he wants to use us to build his kingdom. Oh, he wants to use us to build his kingdom. And I just don't want things to get in the way of what God wants you to do just simply because you didn't have vision for it and you just didn't plan to be generous. You didn't plan for it. We stand this morning. I really felt like want to end in this way my prayer my prayer for all of us in 2024 is that as we spend time with the lord listen to me as we spend time with the lord we would begin we would begin to do this we begin to say i can see it i can see it i can i can see why god wanted me to give that i can see why prioritizing my marriage was a good thing i can see it I can see why God has me here at this church. I can see why making the hard decisions for my kids, even though it wasn't what they preferred, was the right decision. I can see what God is doing through my life. I can see the next generation leading the church because of my investment. And here, I can see it. I can see it. Come on, I want, I want all of us to have our, our spiritual eyes open. Where as we go through 2024, you have moments in February and in April and in July and in September and in December to where as you're spending time with the Lord, you, you say, oh, I can see it. I can see it. 
I have vision for my life. I have vision for my family. I have vision for my finances. I can, I can see what God is doing. I can see 20 years down the road, and it's going to determine what decisions I make right now. I can see all this because I've got vision in these areas of my life. Nearsightedness sees what it will cost me right now. Farsightedness sees what will come of it in 5, 10, 20 years from now. I want to read you something and I want to end. I want to end with this. It says, at the grand opening of Disney World, Walt Disney's widow said that it was a shame that Walt Disney wasn't there to see it. Big celebration. He's passed away. She says, it's a shame that Walt Disney, that Walt is not here to see what has happened. To which someone responded, he did see it. That's why it's there. That's what I want for your life. That when people say, oh, I wish that so-and-so was here to see this, they did see it. That's why it happened. They did see it. That's why it's coming to pass. Because they saw it five years ago. And now it's a reality. Can you see your life 20 years from now or your life, your family or your finances 20 years from now? Do you have vision? And I want to encourage you with this. Our prayer team can go ahead and come and get ready to pray. We want to have an opportunity for you to receive prayer if you need prayer for anything in your life. But I just want to, I want to challenge you with this thought. I've been telling you for weeks, for weeks. And the reason, and we've told you this before too, the reason we talk about the Give Big offering back in December is so that there is no pressure. There is no pressure. But I will always, in every area of your life, I will always unapologetically ask you to ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And here's what I would encourage you with. Listen. And you may not do this, and that's fine. That's between you and the Lord. But here's, here's the way that I see it and the way I want you to see it. You have an opportunity to put some kind of seed in the ground at the beginning of the year some kind of seed that is going to look different for everybody in this room for everybody in this room but we have an opportunity to put some seed in the ground at the beginning of 2024 and say God I believe that I will see this seed grow and that I will reap after I sow and I will reap more than I sowed and that, that even this financial seed that I'm putting in the ground today I may reap I may reap family benefits from that, that God says, because you honored me and you were obedient with this, this happened in your life. This came to pass in your life. You opened up the door for me to come in and you gave me access to every area of your life and I was able to bless it and look what God can do. Can you see it? Can you see it? So Lord, today, I thank you for every person in this room. We thank you for your word. And Lord, I ask you to do with your word what only you can do with it. Lord, speak to us individually right now about what you are saying to us individually. And God, we thank you in advance. We thank you in advance 
for everything that you are going to do because you are so good and so faithful and you will be good and you will be faithful in 2024. And today we honor you. We honor you. And Holy Spirit, I pray if there's anybody here today who needs prayer for anything in their life, that you would draw them for prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.